Hi, JG, and thanks for joining me on our podcast. Yes, thanks for inviting me. And um, thanks for, for contributing a piece to our Two Minutes From Home series. Yeah, I'm delighted to have been able to contribute to it. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, so Angel of Retribution, do you want to tell us a little bit about that title? Um, I think that the title kind of came from a, a, a lot of like... Um, just the socio-political situation in the world in 2020 and um, this sort of situation we've been in of uh, the bombardment between, you know, uh, both in the States politically and, um, and also with COVID-19. Um, and when I was designing, if you will, or like composing, designing, the um, the piece for you um, that kind of um, conflict kind of came about you know just thinking about um, the way uh, the that instruments may interact interact and shapes may interact um, and kind of the state you know I can't I can't help but uh, everything that seeps into my consciousness kind of some somehow coming out through my pores and that just seemed to be really uh, an appropriate um, for the time that I came to title that. And you work, I mean, you do a lot of graphic design yourself. And um, I, I thought that this score kind of, like you just said then, it almost on the cusp of design and composition, it feels like you're reading, like as a musician playing the piece, you're mm. playing these designs and sometimes you had to kind of step out of the music space and into a more like structural space. Mm -hmm. And is that something, do you think like that when you make your own music at all? Is it, or is this something you've done differently for this project? I do, uh, in some ways I do, because um, the way that I can, the, the way that I've gone through the evolutions and the way that I construct and, and compose music um, has, had like a, a you know a paper element to it or a graphic element to it be it um page in sort of numerical um structure uh, you know structure or um instructions things like that um because the way that when i started making music i played all the instruments myself and so i had to have a framework to build from so i used to um write out my compositions numerically as to, you know, what would, ha what would happen in what section. And, um, and then I would make a click track and then read that, you know, put a voice reading those sections so that I could hear where I was in the composition. And it always started with something that I wrote down and something, you know, that it had, had a, a linear structure to it. Um, that was that was how that started, and and it's interesting now in the um, in the age of digital recording, um, one gets used to seeing the recording as it goes by. You see the the um, so you see the sound wave, and often you know I'm like looking you know looking as much as I'm hearing, and I'm drawing onto the sound wave, and I'm drawing a volume envelope, or I'm I'm drawing you know parts into it and um uh so that 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 because until you turn your eyes off 
and <laughs> just straight off, turn your eyes off, um, and just immerse yourself in in what's going on. That's um, because that's how I construct a lot of things. You know, um, it's a it's very much a studio experience. And um, before and before I started doing music, I was you know and always making visual art from. The time that I can remember and up until going through art school I studied that I studied graphic design and drawing and painting and things like that and mm -hmm. I always do my own record covers and so there there is that that thread that goes through there um the first time I did um a graphic score was for um a great learning orchestra and this ensemble in Sweden and um and that 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 score was very much a combination of it was it was in my color palette, which is black, white, red, and gray, and um, and there there is definitely an element of trying to make something that's that was like a a pleasing piece of you know artwork, which yeah. could then be followed. Um, the I think that the way that it was. The, the way that they followed it was a little bit oblique and I ended up workshopping it with them and explaining what those gestures meant because I don't think that, I think that they just kind of used it as a, an excuse for free-for-all. What I thought was really um, elegant working with Decibel as the media player and the the fact that there is a the ability for um, everyone to keep time and and be playing the events at the same time and to be able to to delineate the instruments um which i didn't you know the first time that i did graphic score i didn't really delineate the instruments and then i, I found that was a huge mistake and i went back and corrected that yeah there's two things here that you said that i'd like to pick up on i mean one is the um you know so if you're doing most of your um music making in the you know on a digital workstation so you you're kind of used to that playhead mechanism right moving from left to right across the sound so did you find that was that did that facilitate that like because you can kind of track the image right with the playhead and the score player which is very much it's lifted straight out of logical it, it kind of did, but, but I, I was i was it was like i was i created it in photoshop and as I was making the shapes, I was hearing it at the same time. Mm. And, um, and so I was um, like, there was a, an internal um, audio track that I had playing as, as I imagined the dynamic of the piece. And I imagined, I could, I could kind of hear what, what I was imagining to be, for it to be going on. Because that, that goes through sev several different heads and translations along the way. No. That's right. And yeah, I like also what you said about graphic notation. You're right. You know, there is definitely a tradition of playing graphic notation like a, like you said, free for all. So like a kind of free improv. Yeah. I think that using graphic notation as a, um, you know, as a musical language, like a, like a uh, prescriptive language is still developing, um, which is strange because it's been around for a long time. I yeah. mean, graphic elements in traditional notation that, you know, in a lot of contemporary art music is kind of pushing contemporary music, no, yeah, traditional notation as far as it can yeah. go, I think. Yeah. Um, and what about um, the two minute format? How did you go with that? Like writing a piece that was only two minutes long? 
I thought that was that was a really useful um, restriction to have. Actually, I mean, I I like to have um, I like to work within parameters, especially because I do a lot of scoring, yeah. and I found that um, the in the course of doing lots of scoring, um, I've I've come to um, to um, uh, think a lot about composition in terms of problem solving. And so I have these, you know, to have restrictions or to have um, guidelines, I find to be in some ways kind of a, um, a, um, a, a little bit of a relief because there's, there's two things that I don't have to think about, the length. And then I think about, you know, if I know, say the key that something in or um, the dynamic of something, those are, then I can go free within that that structure, you know, there's, there's a lot more to play with. So I don't mind that at all. And the other question I wanted to ask you about was, um, you know, I mean, obviously in New York, <laughs> you've seen it kind of up and down, around and around kind of pandemic lifestyle. How have you found it for yourself? I mean, we've, we're quite far down our 20 composers now, and it's been really interesting to see how different people respond to this, this time. Some people yeah. have found it like really, they've had an opportunity to really reflect on their practice and their life and other people have had no time to do anything and some people have changed completely their approach. And I just wondered if any of these things had happened to you during this period, like have you changed uh, anything about your practice or? I, 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 out of those three options, I probably fell into the second one where I've had no time to do anything. Um, mainly because I already had like a lot of, commitments before um the you know before the pandemic and before the restrictions came down and to be honest i don't know how i would have gotten through them if the <laughs> pandemic happened um because i had to i had certain things taken out of my lifestyle which was the fact that i go to a, i go out to a lot of concerts and the fact that i wasn't going out was actually helpful for me to make my deadlines and because I, you know, as I said, you know, with the scoring thing, I was in the middle of that. That took up a lot of time, and I've, I've had I've been doing a lot of like serious works this year, commissions, mm -hmm. and so I was able to to get through a lot of those. Um, and uh, it's definitely it's changed. You know, the the things that have changed mainly in my life is is like not not going to see art and not going to concerts. And, um, and not seeing my full, um, you know, my full range of friends, you know, or just like that being stuck to, um, to Zoom and uh, phone calls and things like that. Um, but then I started to realize that a lot of my socializing actually takes place at concerts. Um, and so it's that concert crew that I would run into and that part of my community that I really miss, you know, and uh, the people that I'd run into that and the exchange of ideas that would happen there. And the, just the extra, you know, I find it like it's a sacred time to when you attend a concert and you are seeing something in real time that's not on a screen, um, which is subject to, you know, a, um, a lot of environmental factors um, and subject to a lot of chance and and um, a lot of uh, emotions and so on and 
that's not necessarily something that I want to watch streamed. It's really about being there and being in the moment and the way that that affects me because it's got my undivided attention at that time. And that I find as a, it's a really creative time because some, you know, it can be that I'm really, you know, getting um, inhabiting what that person is performing or the way, what they're thinking or whatever, what process is leading them to the conclusions that they've led to now. And then that stimulates my creative juices. It makes me think about the way that I would approach something like that or wonder about how something's being done, like how, um, what combination of instruments is making that tone or um, what's, you know, what dynamic is, is happening that's creating that tension and, and things like that. And, um, and it may not be something that I would, um, you know, listen to in, you know, a home listening environment. It's something that I have to be there and it's, you know, I have to be really present for. Um, and I, I miss that because there's so much, you know, so much richness in that experience and there's so much that that sort of stimulates in me. And I have a very, I'm, I'm very hungry to hear music all the time you know and um this week i've been to like maybe two concerts since um since the uh since the pandemic happened and um and uh one of them was i was actually sdm ensemble and they play, played a film block piece and um they did it so outside and socially distanced and that was just it was like such a breath of fresh air to to um, to be able to experience something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and and the rest of my process, you know, is you know, um, I, you know, a lot of a lot of my any collaboration has happened um, with Zoom. I haven't had any real life collaboration. I was supposed to record a make a string quartet album in September and I post postponed it because I didn't want to be in a room with five people for five days. And um, so those things can wait, but I, you know, I did, um, I have, you know, been, um, I've been working on a, 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 another a commission for Alarm All Sound and we workshopped that actually uh, using the software Jamulus, which you may have used. Um, and, we uh, one day we uh, worked with half of the ensemble in one city, and then the next day we worked with the other half of the city, uh, the ensemble in another city, and then combined the two on a an instructional piece, and um, that was you know a different way of of doing things, and it was and it's great that they can be creative and and make those things happen, um, and I feel that. We, it means that we can keep rolling on the piece. It's not like everything has to stop dead. So there are ways of working around that. It's you know not optimum, but it's um, it's great to to be able to keep things rolling. You know, it was interesting to hear you say that you chose not to do the string quartet recording because here in Australia it was like it was illegal <laughs> to meet <laughs> anywhere. And I think like a lot of studios, for example, tried to get exceptions because you know like someone, one person in the live room and one person in the studio, everyone was like, well, what's going to happen? But, you know, it was really quite draconian, those laws here. Yeah, what about yeah. for you as a performer? I mean, because I, I really understand what, you know, I relate to what you're saying about seeing concerts and that being the social 
your social environment, but also the kind of intellectual stimulation as well. What about performing? Because you were doing quite a lot of performing um, last year. I, How does that yeah, fit? I do bits and pieces. And I the thing is that um, when I do perform, it's really special and I really put a lot of into it and a lot of work into it. And it's not like I do a hundred shows a year. I do, um, but when I do them, they're, um, they, you know, I put a lot of energy into them and actually, you know, some of them were supposed to be in Melbourne last year and those have been delayed. And that's really disappointing because they're, you know, came on a big anniversary for me. And, and I hope that that, you know, that that will come about. So, yeah, and I had, you know, I had a big show in London and I just have to, um, you know, have faith that those, those things are going to happen in the future. And, you know, it is, it is disappointing. Um, it's not, it's not my bread and butter necessarily. Um, man, I do really feel badly for the, you know, for so many musicians who really subsist on playing live and, um, and, uh, I, I wish that there was more, there was more coherent um, strategy for, you know, financial support in that, because in this mm -hmm. country, there's not, there hasn't been really any effort to address that. Thanks so much for talking to me today. It's been really great to get here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Two Minutes From Home is a project initiated by the Decibel New Music Ensemble. It sees 22-minute online compositions commissioned for 2020. Each of these pieces engages with the Decibel Score Player, an iPad application that facilitates the network reading of graphic notation. Each commission results in an audiovisual outcome that can be found on our website, decibelnewmusic.com or vimeo.com forward slash decibelnewmusic. This project has been generously supported by the Australia Council for the Arts.